0: Coming up today on the Dr. Linda Mental Show.
1: People just do what their flesh tells them to do. It's it's really the sin nature of man that nobody in our culture talks about. We have all this horrible stuff happening, and yet we don't have conversations about sin and what the flesh wants to do and how powerful faith is in changing people.
0: The Dr. Linda Mental Show is next.
1: And Welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the Relationship Doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. And every weekend we're here, we're doing life together. And as always, we are so glad you've joined us.
0: It's amazing, Dr. Linda. Each week I uh, look at the calendar and say, it's a weekend again.
1: (laughs) It sure is. (laughs) It sure is. It works
0: like that every week.
1: It does. It's kind of one thing we can count on that's as good. we have so many things that are uncertain in our life, right? So maybe that's, right. that's a good thing.
0: That is true. And I do have a question for you as we start today's program. What happens when someone is treated unfairly and he or she doesn't feel like justice has been done?
1: Boy, what a what a timely question. We're seeing a lot of this, Chris, in our culture a lot of frightening responses actually to when people feel like they have been treated unfairly or they feel like there's an injustice done. And unfortunately, what we're seeing is that people are becoming very angry and they're seeking revenge on other people. And this idea of getting revenge seems to really be escalating.
0: It does. I remember a few years ago uh, we witnessed in person, live on TV, an absolutely shocking event on camera in front of us, an angry, revengeful man shot two journalists in cold blood and it was it was in our community and it was uh it was unbelievable to see this happen.
1: Yeah I remember when that happened and by his own omission the shooter was a time bomb waiting to explode. He was fueled by a lot of offenses that appeared to have been fabricated in his head. And unfortunately we could fill this show with examples after, you know, so many examples of angry people who, like this, lose control, and then horrible things happen. Do you remember in the movie, it's actually one of my very favorite movies, The Princess Bride. Have you seen that movie?
0: A couple of times, yes.
1: I know. I love that movie. I don't know why, but it's one of my favorite movies. And one of the famous lines from that movie that Mandy Patinkin's character says, now, my producer, who speaks Spanish fluently, is going to give me a hard time, because he says, my name is Inego Montoya. You killed my father. Prepared to die.
0: <laughs> and the
1: entire movie was about how he was seeking revenge for the death of his father.
0: It seems like revenge is a, is a popular theme in TV shows and movies and music, for that matter.
1: Yeah, and there's another line in that story, in that movie. Later on, the character really makes this point about revenge. And, you know, after he's gone after this guy and he's getting his revenge, he then says, I've been in the revenge business so long, now that is all over. I don't know what to do with the rest of my life. Mm, Wow. So the idea here is that revenge didn't really fix a problem, and it doesn't. It can actually create more problems for people, and it can consume you if you're just filled with ideas of revenge. And certainly, Chris, it's not the goal of a Christian to seek revenge. But, you know, let's be honest. There are times when we really want that to happen to somebody.
0: That's right. It's whether we uh, exact the revenge ourselves or we— wait for something unfortunate I guess to happen to someone we do get sucked into that uh that idea now and then but uh help us on the way that's why we're doing a show today on overcoming the feeling of revenge and uh that's the topic today
1: and we did want to talk about this because of the trend that we're seeing that we're mentioning that we're seeing in our culture today and angry people are just taking out the revenge by shooting people in schools and movie theaters and other places and out of control looting and, and doing violence and it's scary how much violence is in the heart of so many people.
0: Workplace violence has been around for you know, as long as we can remember and there are a lot of people who are angry and feel mistreated. But in the past few decades, more and more people have acted out on that violence.
1: And I think that's the point, it's the actual acting out. And you know we have TV shows that encourage this, we have video games that promote revenge responses. In fact, I remember there was a television show that was actually titled Revenge. Mm -hmm. So violence and revenge are just so reinforced. And then we're surprised when it happens. To me, it's just so puzzling why we continue to show so much violence in the media. I, I just don't get it. I don't know how we find this entertaining. Maybe I'm very weird and I'm the only one who doesn't think it's an entertaining thing. But I don't know if people are really thinking about how this is impacting people in a very negative way.
0: And then as a society, you know, we've taken systematically God out of the picture. He's the very person who could help people. Uh, with revenge issues. We'll talk about that coming up.
1: I know. So it doesn't make a lot of sense. It does mean that the Christian values of mercy and grace and forgiveness are seen less often as a way to cope with injustice. Now, we're going to see some bright spots. We're going to talk about that in our last segment, some really bright spots of how people have used grace and mercy and forgiveness. But without God in the picture— We aren't promoting a different way to deal with feelings of injustice.
0: So I think we're starting to get into the the meat of this now. Why do people then seek revenge?
1: The true reason for this really is because there's so much darkness in our hearts when we separate ourselves from God. So it's exactly what we're just now talking about. And we are tempted just to act out in the natural when we don't have the restraining power of the Holy Spirit in us. So people just do what their flesh tells them to do. It's it's really the sin nature of man that nobody in our culture talks about. We have all this horrible stuff happening, and yet we don't have conversations about sin and what the flesh wants to do and how powerful faith is in changing people.
0: Well, nobody wants to bring up their, their pride. If you bring up God, it just points out the fact that you are a prideful person and you need to make an adjustment.
1: Yeah, good point. And so people seek revenge for all kinds of reasons. One reason is people think it's cathartic. You know, if I just act out my feelings, just like the movie character in Princess Bride did, then somehow I'm going to feel better. But in reality you don't feel better so it really doesn't work in that regard and i do think that there are a number of people who just don't like to feel like a victim they don't like that victim feeling who does i mean none Mm -hmm. of us like to feel like a victim right but when they they do find themselves in that position then it's just really really easy to act out in a way that is kind of unrestrained
0: i think people like to feel like they're in control and they have control over a vengeful act.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. It is a way of sort of taking control on your own, although, again, the outcome isn't so good. And we see all the time in these people who go out and shoot and go into schools and do all these terrible things that sometimes there's this need to be famous or feel significant mm-hmm. and leave a mark on society. What an awful mark. And I think the media is doing better with not promoting these people when that happens. But... You know, a lot of times when you look at the histories, Chris, of these type of people who shoot and do these terrible crimes, there's a lot of shame in their background. Uh, there's a lot of grief that was never dealt with, trauma that people had that never helped them develop an empathetic response to other people. So then we have these people who grow up and they're, they're kind of hard-hearted and they don't have empathy And they develop into a lot of times what we call someone with a personality disorder, Mm. which then leads to them doing terrible things.
0: So it sounds like revenge isn't necessarily always centered around violence. It can be more subtle and something you allow to grow in your heart and mind.
1: I think that's so true. It's not just the people who make the news. I know we're focusing on that a little bit, but it's all of us when we entertain feelings of revenge in our hearts. And uh, I'm going to give you a good example. In my own life, uh, a number of years ago, this was a long time ago, but it really stands out because it was a lesson God was teaching me. I was treated very unfairly by a Christian sort of celebrity type of person. And she had lied to me and to other people, and she had treated me just so wrong and unfairly. And I have to admit, I wanted revenge. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I wanted her lies to be exposed, I wanted her to fail and boy, did I get convicted of those feelings. I was judging her. I wanted her downfall. God really had to do a serious work in my heart and remind me of the correct response I was to have as a child of his. I'm just saying, you know, it's a process that sometimes we have to work through those feelings of wanting revenge, but we know that the Bible is really clear that the revenge is the Lord's, and we have to give it over to God.
0: You know, we put all of this thought and effort into revenge, but Does it actually work? I mean, so many people think it's going to make them feel better, but does it really?
1: Maybe you feel good for the moment. I do think when I've given into those feelings for the moment, but it just never solves anything. And then again, if we're people of faith, if we're Christ followers, It really doesn't help because it kind of ups the ante for more hate and anger, and then anger prompts even more anger. I love the quote by Martin Luther King Jr. when he said, the old law of an eye for an eye leaves everybody blind.
0: Mm, That is very, very good. And when you get down to it, revenge is a serious reaction with serious ramifications. And Dr. Linda, it's time for us to take a quick break. But when we return, how can we overcome the feelings of revenge?
1: What do Thomas Jefferson, Agatha Christie, Pope John Paul II, and Princess Diana have in common? Well, these notable individuals and many others, past and present, share the habit of journaling. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda, the relationship doctor, and I've got some tips for you on the value of journaling. Whether you're just writing down a few thoughts or pouring out your heart on paper, journaling has some real benefits, like getting a handle on your emotions or a better understanding of other people or even organizing your priorities. Sometimes reading your older journal notes will help you appreciate the sweet little details of life you enjoyed, but maybe have forgotten. One of the best benefits of journaling comes when you look back and you see how the Lord has been there in all your circumstances, directing your steps and taking care of the things that matter to you. If you've not considered journaling before, give it a try and see which of those benefits journaling might bring your way.
0: Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. And today we are talking about overcoming feelings of revenge. And we have a lot more to talk about. But before we move on, I want to remind you to check out Dr. Linda's website, DrLindaMintel.com. That's where you'll find her blogs, books, and you can connect on social media. And for more help on today's topic, it can be found in Dr. Linda's pocket-sized book, Breaking Free from Anger and Unforgiveness, and you can get that online. And also remember, listen to today's show anytime on iTunes and share it with a friend.
1: And that book, Chris, is less than a cup of coffee.
0: There we go. That's a good deal. It's just a
1: little pocket-sized book, so if you want a cup of coffee, get your coffee and buy the book.
0: Well, Dr. Linda, every so often we hear from listeners on topics that they want to discuss or they may have some answers to. And one of our listeners believes this problem of wanting revenge occurs in the church. And she wrote in to say, there are people who do evil and call themselves Christians. And the church is failing in this area. Hmm. What do you think about that?
1: You know, it's interesting. We've been watching my husband's uh, new documentary series called Inexplicable and how Christianity spread to the ends of the earth. And we just watched the episode on the spread of Christianity to Latin America. And all these people who were from Spain who called themselves Christians were doing terrible, terrible things to the indigenous people. So my point of that, Chris, is it's true. It's the, the, the mistreatment by Christians to other Christians to other people has been around for centuries. So the church is an absent of people with the wrong motives and the need for transformation. You know, we're all sinners saved by grace. We all have to look at our own hearts and do some self-evaluation here. Like the psalmist said, examine my heart, O Lord, and look what's in there. However, if we have a relationship with Christ, we have to be different Than those who simply act on their angry feelings. I mean, we're called to a higher standard, and we have the Holy Spirit in us to help us resist responding in those angry ways. We have to be different than our secular counterparts when it comes to this business of revenge. And if revenge is the Lord's, then we have to find a different way to dissipate those angry feelings. I know we're still human, and I know we're going to experience angry feelings. And I know, again, in the natural, sometimes we want revenge. But how we deal with those feelings is going to be so important.
0: So I guess what you're saying then is these feelings of revenge may pop into our heads, or we may even be tempted to just lash out at someone who has hurt us. But we need to think carefully as Christians about how we respond uh, to make sure that we do it in a godly way.
1: You know, Chris, it, it might not be popular. It might not be what you hear from friends and family who don't live their lives by some type of spiritual Mm, standard. Right. I know in my case, my non-Christian friends were encouraging me when I had that issue with uh, the person I talked about. Mm. They were encouraging me to get revenge. Right. Like it was some mark of personal power. But I don't answer to my friends. I have to answer to God.
0: Someone did that with me, too. I was telling them about how I got really just jerked around on an issue, and he says, well, I'll tell you what I'd do if it were me. And I'm like, well, that's not how believers do things.
1: Because it just revs up more hate and anger, Mm. which negatively impacts the body of Christ. It just hurts people. And if you find yourself, you know, wanting that revenge feeling, those biblical prescriptions that we're going to talk about here coming up may help you curb that urge. Because like you say, there are people around Mm. us who will encourage us.
0: There was a great movie several years ago called Anger Management, and it was hilarious. <laughs>
1: yeah, it is a funny movie.
0: <laughs> so, so what about that? Is it a part of overcoming the feelings of revenge?
1: It's a big part. It really is. Because if you can't control your anger, you're going to be so tempted to act out and to get revenge. I mean, the two are definitely related to each other. So consider what helps your anger management. Let's look at a scripture from James 119. It's very prescriptive. It says, be slow to speak and to become angry. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. So, number one, you have to start with that feeling of getting your anger under control. And one of the ways you do that is to slow down and to think before you speak.
0: I think in in the time in which we live now with social media, you could extend that by saying, Mm -hmm. don't start typing as soon as you get angry. Yeah. You will put something out for everyone to see and... in as little as 10 minutes, you will read it back and say, wow, I really probably shouldn't have typed that.
1: That's really a great point because that's where a lot of the anger and revenge gets expressed is mm. on that social media. That's
0: right. And it relates to another step in this process of overcoming revengeful feelings. And this is something that you had to do when you had a, had, had the negative experience with that person. You had to examine your heart.
1: And I don't think a lot of people take time to reflect anymore. I mean, we're mm. so busy with our lives. We're not sitting down. We're not thinking about Did I just react in a way that wasn't pleasing to God? I I think that's really the thing that we have to do on a day-to-day basis. We have become so reactive to the things around us that we just don't stop and think, you know, what is motivating me to react like this? So if you examine your heart, you can ask yourself, you know, what do I desire? And in Proverbs 14, 17, it says, a quick-tempered person does foolish things, mm, right. and the one who devises evil schemes is hated. I mean, that's, that's really direct <laughs> and specific.
0: And, you know, if, if you don't like to do self-inspection, maybe there are changes that need to be
1: made. But, that's uh, a good point.
0: But once you do a little self-reflection, then what?
1: Then just acknowledge the feeling. Oh, okay, so that's what I did. I was like, okay, I'm angry. I wanted revenge, and I didn't handle maybe that situation very well. You know, remember, anger is not a sin, but we are instructed to be angry and not sin. So it's an emotion that, you know, pops up in all of us. But we are to handle our anger in a way that is God-pleasing.
0: You may have seen these online. They have these anger rooms now.
1: No, I have not seen those.
0: Someone will outfit a warehouse or maybe an old building, and and you can pay to go inside. They hand you a baseball bat, and there are things in there to destroy with a baseball bat or with a, a club or whatever they give you. And I guess it's a way to go vent and, and, and get it out of your system. But um, you say it's not a good idea to vent in that that way.
1: It doesn't work. All that does is get you angrier and hotter mm, and exactly. hotter. And, you know, we just lose objectivity when we get angry. Our feeling part of our brain is basically overriding the thinking part of the brain. And that is not good when the thinking part of our brain goes offline. So this is why staying calm is so important when you get angry. It allows that thinking part of your brain not to be hijacked by the feeling part of the brain. And listen to what this says in Proverbs, Chris. In Proverbs 19:19, 19, 19, it says, A hot-tempered person must pay the penalty, hmm. rescue them, and you will have to do it again. <laughs> wow, it's so interesting. Here's another one from Proverbs 16. Better a patient person than a warrior. Hmm. one with self-control than one who takes a city.
0: That's interesting because, you know, the Bible uses lots of battle analogies to it to say things, but it's saying at the same time, don't go out and try to be a, a warlike person in, in dealing with your uh, your anger. But let's say this, okay, I'm calm now. I've settled down, I've thought things through, but I still feel angry. Now what?
1: Yeah, so you got to regroup. So if we look at Proverbs 29 again, fools give full vent to their hmm. anger, but the wise bring calm in the end. So a timeout really helps. Tell yourself revenge is not an option. Just say that to yourself. So Mm -hmm. how else can you find a fix to the problem? How else can you advocate for justice? How else can you deal with your feelings of unfairness?
0: This sounds like you have to just pull back and, and look at the situation differently than you had been.
1: It's really taking a big picture perspective. You know, is your anger worth the relationship? Is it more important to be right? than to be merciful with somebody, hmm. and then ask yourself, what will happen if you give in to that type of revenge? And I can tell you what the Bible says about that. There's a, a really interesting verse in Colossians 3, 8 that says, but now you must also rid yourself of all things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. So the Bible's telling us you need to get rid of that.
0: It's interesting because in the middle of a revengeful act, all of those happen. Anger, rage, mm-hmm. malice, and slander, and a lot of yeah. times, filthy language. Filthy right. language,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Earlier in the program, you were saying that you had friends who encouraged you to be revengeful uh, when you were betrayed. I think it means we should watch who we let influence us.
1: You know, it would be so much better to surround yourself with people who do exercise self-control and people who have that push, that reinforcement to you to have a really a faith-based response. And Proverbs, again, I'm going to quote from Proverbs a lot during the show, but it says, do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's pretty prescriptive right there.
0: It is indeed just what the doctor ordered here on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. When we come back, let's talk about staying the course and how to work through our feelings of revenge.
1: Conflict is a part of every healthy relationship. How you deal with conflict is what will either grow or destroy relationships. Do you avoid? Maybe you become highly emotional and then regret what you said or did. Getting control of our emotions is not always easy, but it is possible. Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel, and I wrote the book, We Need to Talk, in order to help all of us deal better with conflict. We Need to Talk, available at bookstores and online where books are sold.
0: We are back, and we are talking about revenge on The Dr. Linda Mental Show. Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website, DrLindaMental.com. And one of those books that relates to today's topic is Breaking Free from Anger and Unforgiveness. Go to DrLindaMental.com, and don't forget about our podcast on iTunes. You can send the link to someone who may need help with their feelings of anger And revenge. And again, we're talking about overcoming the feeling of revenge today. Dr. Linda, I think forgiveness is key. Forgiveness is not always easy, though, when you have been wronged, but the problem is it is commanded.
1: That's right. And you don't have to wait to feel like forgiving someone. I think sometimes if we wait for that, we may never get there, right? So you can make it a choice. So forgiveness can be a choice using your will to do it. And then your feelings will eventually catch up with you if you stay in that forgiveness mode. It's sometimes just really a process that we have to go through every day, asking the Lord to help us with that forgiveness. And let's remember that forgiveness helps you move on with your life. Uh, It has benefits to the person who's actually doing the forgiveness.
0: I like what you said. Forgiveness is a process. It doesn't necessarily just click right away. And something you have to to work on. That's right. Well, this conversation also makes me think of the Charleston, South Carolina uh, church shooting a number of years ago. A gunman walked into the church, opened fire, and murdered nine people. And those people did nothing to deserve this. They were completely innocent. And if I were a family member, honestly, Dr. Linda, I think I would have had a very revengeful heart.
1: I know. It's just, it would have been so hard not to go there, and yet... The power of that story is that evil didn't win that day. The shooter was found guilty and he was sentenced to death, so he did, you know, have consequences for what he did. But the power of forgiveness just moved me to tears when I started reading the accounts of the families of the murdered victims.
0: The relatives of people slain inside the it was the historic African American church were able to speak directly to the accused gunman, who was a self-acknowledged white supremacist. Uh, they were at his first court appearance.
1: I watched that, Chris. It was it was just so incredible. The ones who chose to speak at the shooter's bond hearing did not turn to anger. I, I mean, it was just astounding. Instead, while he remained impassive, they offered him forgiveness, and they said they were praying for his soul, even as they described the pain of their losses. Felicia Sanders spoke about her son, Tawanza Sanders, who was killed, and this is what she said. She said, we welcomed you Wednesday night in our Bible study with welcomed arms. And her voice was trembling, obviously. She said this, Tawanza Sanders was my son, but Tawanza Sanders was my hero. May God have mercy on you.
0: Hmm. And others, like a relative Myra Thompson, echoed the forgiving sentiment, calling the shooter to repent. Now, how do you stand there and look at the person who killed your family member, but then offer them God's grace.
1: Yeah, here's a here's a quote from the sister of DePaine Middleton doctor who was murdered. I acknowledge that I'm very angry, but one thing that DePaine always enjoyed in our family is she taught me that we are the family that love built. We have no room for hating, so we have to forgive. I pray God on your soul.
0: Mm, wow. Wanda Simmons, the granddaughter of Daniel Simmons, said that the pleas for the shooter's soul were proof That hate won't win.
1: I just love that. And here's what Nadine Collier, who lost her mother, Ethel Lance, had to say in the courtroom. Collier told the court that when she began to speak, uh, she heard her mother's voice telling her, Nadine, don't say anything wrong. Don't say anything bad. Believe in God. And then something just came over her. She said, the anger that she had, she said, I had to let it go. I had to let my heart be free. And she uttered those words, I forgive you. You took something really precious for me. I will never talk to her ever again. I will never be able to hold her again. But I forgive you and have mercy on your soul.
0: When we were watching this on TV, you would think that everyone came in with this plan to be so forgiving and so, you know, nice to this guy, but it wasn't premeditated. None of it was Mm -mm. planned. It just happened.
1: You know, Chris Singleton's mom was killed in the shooting, and he has become a motivational speaker to try and bridge the gap between love and hate. He believed the shooter set out to start a race war. That's what he thinks. Mm. He finds solace in the fact that the community reacted in a way opposite of what the shooter expected, and those reactions actually brought the community together. And here's what he said. The narrative of forgiveness is submitting And it means that you're weak, or people would think that. But I've realized that forgiving is so much tougher than holding a grudge. It takes a lot more courage to be forgiving than it does to say, I'm going to be upset by whatever happened forever. But, you know, the words of Nadine Collier sums it up. She said, it's a choice. If you go on with that unforgiving spirit, you won't heal. In order to move forward, you have to forgive.
0: The accounts of these people is... (laughs) Probably one of the more convicting shows that, uh, that we've done here on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Forgiveness really has power.
1: It really does. And it's God's way. And sometimes it doesn't make sense in the natural, but God knows how he designed us. He knows how he created us to move into a blessing and to have a life that we can still flourish in. So as we close out the show, I hope you see how revenge only leads to destruction for you, for those around you there's no place in the heart of a believer for revenge. We can fight injustice. We can call others to accountability, but in the end, God will judge, and he will deal with those who treat us unfairly. God says revenge is his, not ours. Our place is to forgive, fight injustice, and move forward. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm Mintel, our engineer, and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes the show a conversation. From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone.